0: Listen, if your diet consists of Taco Bell and junk food and being the heaviest you can possibly be, then you're going to enjoy tfsjujitsu.com. TFS Jiu Jitsu is a website focused around Brazilian Jiu Jitsu technique videos that actually work. Great fundamentals provided by... Many different instructors from various levels. It really has a lot to offer to a white belt in jiu-jitsu all the way up to a black belt. It's a great website, and with gi videos and no gi videos, it really kind of keeps everything nice and fresh. Ben Tallini is a team-balanced black belt, and when he built this website, he wanted to put a focus on building something that people felt confident in the information that they were receiving. And Ben has done a fantastic job with this website. He has provided us with a lot of great techniques and a lot of different ways that you can get to different positions in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So make sure you guys check them out at tfsjiu Listen, Ben put a lot of time into this, and there has been a lot of nights where he has eaten crunchwrap supremes putting this website together so make sure you show ben some love the website's tfsjiujitsu.com this episode of the podcast i sat down with my friend jeff who i've trained with for a very long time but i haven't had the opportunity to sit down and have a very long conversation with him you know, Sometimes at the gym, you kind of just say, hey man, what's up? How's it going? What's going on with family life? And that's kind of where it stays, right? But I got to know Jeff a little bit more through this conversation. I got to learn a lot about his full-time career, which is a chiropractor. Uh, we kind of dove into a little bit of why he got into it uh, and uh, his passion for it. And speaking of passions, we touch base on jiu-jitsu, of course, because what would a jiu-jitsu guest be without talking about a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu? So I hope you like this podcast uh, with my friend Jeff Standish. Have you gone back to jujitsu?
1: I have. What? I've been uh, training live contact for about a month. Once uh, my wife and I got cleared for uh, vaccines and all that, there. So,
0: how did your body respond? And how? What? Like you didn't train at all through COVID, right?
1: Um, I was training on the dummies for a little bit, uh, but not nearly as often as I would when I do full contact and all that. So,
0: yeah, it's a lot different, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was good to kind of get in there and get some of the fundamentals down a little bit again. But, you know, it's it's not the same without that human resistance, man. I can tell you that right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Isn't it interesting? uh, It was weird. I was rolling with Justin, and uh, there was things I would do, and I would put myself in a bad position, and that was my reaction. And then there would be other times where, I would do something cool, and I would have no idea what the hell happened. It was the weirdest role I've ever had just now. It, we, and we only grappled for—I mean, it's only half class. It was like there was like four rounds or something. Okay, my ass, was, my ass is beat, dude. I'm exhausted.
1: Yeah. What
0: a what a uh, game changer, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, my cardio wasn't too bad. It's just a lot of—I uh, was just really sloppy for like the first uh, week or so. As far right. as like my, you know, a lot of my usual transitions were good and all that there, but like, oh, there would just be certain spots. I'm like, man, why did I get myself here?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I was wrong with Justin. And I'm like, all of a sudden I'm, I put myself in an arm bar. And I'm like, what am I doing? What is yeah. this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's funny because it's, I, I have to rethink about a lot of positions that I was in before. Um, rather than, you know, pre all this it was uh a lot of like a lot of reaction based stuff but now i'm like i, got, I have to think so much harder
1: <laughs> yeah
0: did you do anything to stay in shape during covid
1: yeah um i my mother-in-law actually uh purchased a subscription to uh all the les mills workouts so i've been oh. doing a lot of the uh the high intensity interval stuff they they're half an hour and but the that half hour is pretty pretty brutal so uh so I at least cut my cardio up a little bit. Uh, and
0: who who was it? What Was the name? Miles of it?
1: Mills. They're a uh, fitness company out of uh, New Zealand. So they do like if you were to go to like
0: uh, a lot of the
1: gyms around here or whatnot, they would have like all their group classes would be based off of their system.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Like okay. They have
1: like a, like they have like a sports based conditioning, or they'll have like a weight training one. They'll have like yoga, core. Uh, they even have like the old school like step classes, that kind of that kind of stuff.
0: And, oh, interesting. Uh, if, and uh, what was like a normal workout for if,
1: you? Uh, if, uh Ben Tallini's listening, yes, it would be considered on um, the Jazzer size esque uh sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know you know Ben right now he's listening and he's just yelling Jazzer size right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is like what is uh what would be a normal workout for you?
1: Um, So there's a lot of like plyometrics and stuff like that in there. Uh, So it's a lot of like, uh, like AMRAP, which is like as many rounds as you possibly can do. Lots of burpees, uh, lots of uh, like jumping lunges, that kind of stuff there. So it's like, yeah, you feel fine for the first 10 to 15 seconds and then like, oh, my legs are starting to burn and oh, my chest is feeling heavy. So,
0: <laughs> And it's just constant for 30 minutes, right? Yeah,
1: it's very constant. So you don't get a lot of downtime. So it's like full speed and then you get like very short periods of rest. So,
0: Is it like, uh, did they do any uh, Tabata rounds or anything like that? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, there is Tabata in there. Uh, they vary the length. There's some that are like 20-10, some that are 30-15 um yeah. so it just depends on which uh workout they're doing
0: interesting interesting do you yeah. feel like that kind of kept your cardio on yeah, track yeah. it
1: wasn't like as much of a brutal awakening back into the jiu-jitsu world there as soon as i uh was uh got, as soon as i got in there so
0: yeah man that's that today is a brutal awakening. I just I was in the shower and I'm just like I I could feel my body like pulsing. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't done, I haven't I haven't felt this in so long. <laughs> yeah, Isn't, uh, it's my grip nice. strength
1: was definitely a little lower uh, than I remember being. Like my grips were being breaking a lot easier than I'm used to. So that mm. was uh, gotcha. That was, and
0: not, you've been training now for a month, person to person. About right? a month,
1: yeah. And I've been getting in there about two to three times a week, roughly.
0: How has the training uh, changed for you? Have you uh, like changed up different paths and routes for your submissions and stuff um, like that?
1: Not really. I, I, I kind of uh, kind of got right back into my usual training method, which I I try to work uh, guard stuff more than like top because that's where my weaker part of my game is, I think, is in my guard. Whereas I, I feel much more comfortable with uh, the passing routes and stuff like that and, and attacking. Mm. So,
0: Right, right, and you've you've competed a couple times too, right?
1: Yep, yeah, I've uh, competed in about three IBJJF tournaments and then a few of nice. the uh, grappling industries ones.
0: Nice, that's cool. Do you have any plans on doing any of those like this year? I, don't I would know like
1: to um, as soon as they... uh, something opens up close to here, because most of say our, I
0: don't know if they're doing uh, anything, right?
1: Yeah, New York's uh, yeah nothing in New York. Uh, they keep trying to do stuff in like Connecticut or. uh boston and it just Mm -hmm. keeps getting shut down because they want to plan it and then they're like uh yeah we can't do it so
0: yeah i don't um, man i feel like if uh sam pulled off a great event that wasn't uh, well i guess that was in uh philadelphia right so yeah so i think pa has
1: a little bit less restrictions as far as uh covid stuff there whereas Mm -hmm. uh, new york massachusetts connecticut they're all very strict so
0: Compare. Yeah, my first reaction was thinking that that was that happened in New York. But now, now you mentioned, yeah, Philadelphia. But I was just about to say, if he could pull off an event in Philadelphia, then he could definitely pull off an event in Syracuse just in New York and get their shit together. Yeah. Right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yeah, that's a uh, wishful thinking, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, right now, yeah, I know the closest one is um, there might be some in Philadelphia. And then there's also a couple in the summer in July. Uh, mm. But I don't know if uh, th- those will happen. So,
0: gotcha, gotcha. And how long have you been training? I've been training
1: jujitsu about seven years, and then I did uh, high school and college wrestling before that. So,
0: oh, dude, that's why you're a good scrambler. Yeah, you get that I, wrestling in you.
1: Yeah, like I can hit, I can close those spots real quick if I need to. Right,
0: <laughs> right, dude. That's not what made you uh, want to start doing jujitsu.
1: Um, so I was, uh, I was coaching wrestling at the time, uh, or, or a couple years prior, and I still love the element of grappling and, and wrestling and all that there, but I didn't want to do it at a, you know, a super high competitive weight or that was like the only thing that I concentrated on. But, uh, eventually I got, and, and when I, did start jiu-jitsu uh, i definitely started wanting to competing again so that mm-hmm. but i'm a lot more leisurely about it as where as opposed to like i'm not in a competition season where i'm like constantly competing like where some of the other athletes are are doing
0: oh gotcha um, what what do you think was your biggest takeaway from wrestling that you've used in jiu-jitsu
1: uh just knowing how to apply top pressure was uh, one of the big things that it was easy to translate to so like knowing how to use that hip pressure um and then passing came very natural, uh, just because with knowing how to use top pressure in general. Right. Um, but uh, but w- with wrestling does have its negatives. There, it would get me into a lot of bad spots, especially with much more experienced guys there, and I'd get caught in submissions, especially guillotines, because I'm sticking my head out a lot, especially mm-hmm. in those first six months there.
0: Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it's only natural, right? I mean, that's what yeah, I've mean, really your... been
1: trained to do my entire life, so.
0: Yeah, right. That must be kind of a hard habit to break. Do you still catch yourself doing it sometimes?
1: Every once in a while, but I've but that was one of the reasons why I wanted to train guard, like, so repetitively. So it, it may force me to, to train in a more jujitsu mind frame uh, to think about what I'm doing in that regard as opposed to just wrestling.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And when you were uh, teaching, you said you were coaching wrestling? Right? Yeah, I was
1: a volunteer coach uh, at my old high school. I, I grew up in the Rochester area, um, oh. and so I did volunteer while I was attempting, I'll say attempting to open a practice in Rochester, but as you see, it did not uh, not happen there. So,
0: <laughs> well, What made you come to Syracuse? Was it just a job um, Actually,
1: my wife was uh, doing a long – right around when we started dating she was doing a dietetics internship at su
0: and she actually
1: uh got a job immediately in the syracuse area right out of the the internship so she uh and so she stayed here long enough and so i i came at a crossroads where we were going to she was either going to have to uh move to the rochester area or i moved to syracuse and i found a uh uh an associateship position, which is basically I work underneath another chiropractor. And uh within a year and a half, uh we came to a purchase agreement and then he moved out of the area.
0: So, uh, oh.
1: so it worked out very well for me.
0: So you you said a purchase you bought out the company now?
1: Yeah, I purchased the practice. Yep.
0: Nice, that's cool. And so you're a chiropractor then, huh?
1: Yep, yeah. So I've been practicing total of about 10 years, roughly.
0: Damn, dude, you know what's yeah. funny is for as long as I've known you, I have I thought you were a physical therapist. I guess it's kind of on the yeah. same lines, it but I, I was wrong.
1: Realm, I would say.
0: Yeah, I guess um, same realm. But shame on me for being friends with you for so long and not even knowing exactly what you do. That's, that's shame oh, on me.
1: Oh, oh good, man. <laughs> no, the, the main difference with chiropractic versus a physical therapist is that physical therapists are – very focused on strengthening the injury and the the area around the, an injury, whereas chiropractors are going to be much more focused on the alignment of the skeleton and the spine uh, to help uh, to have the nervous system kind of help heal the body itself there. Whereas, uh, which, and I'm not saying that either one path is more right than the other; just they're just different approaches, really.
0: Right. Right, and you've been doing that for 10 years, huh? 10 years, yeah. What What was the initial attraction to become so a So I character? actually
1: started getting back pain when I was wrestling in high school. Uh, some, ah. Some, like, upper and middle back pain, so.
0: Bringing uh, it back full circle.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't know I was getting into this conversation so quickly, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I was about a freshman in high school, and uh, I started getting back pain, so I saw my dad's chiropractor at the time, and uh, I kind of a light bulb kind of clicked, and because I knew I wanted to be in healthcare, but I wasn't sure which avenue yet, and that was that was all I needed was that little light bulb there, and so I, I haven't turned my back on it since. So,
0: interesting, interesting, and you did it uh, when you were in Rochester, right? Yep. Ah, that's cool. Did you so for uh, like schooling for chiropractor? What's involved in that? Do you have to like shadow somebody for a certain amount of time, or
1: so like like a residency? You mean? Uh, Oh, or
0: uh, so or like how would you uh, if somebody wanted to get into becoming a chiropractor? What would be the initial start to like classes?
1: You know, uh, you you generally should be shadowing someone to see what they're practicing like just so you can kind of get a, an idea of how the practice operates and that kind of thing there. But, uh, I don't know, I, it's been so long since I applied to chiropractic school that you I know, mm. can't really remember, but, right. Um, but as far as education, uh, when I was matriculating a bachelor's degree wasn't required, but, uh, as long as all the prerequisites were in place, like, uh, Uh, General chemistry, uh, organic chemistry, biology, physics, uh, all that kind of stuff there. Uh,
0: Very science heavy.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's very science heavy. And that's honestly like your first year in chiropractic school is getting all your academic stuff there. So you can take your pretty much your first part of the board exams, which is uh, that's all didactic uh, anatomy, physiology, pathology, microbiology, all that kind of stuff there which is pretty much the same as you know what a medical doctor would do if they're doing their part one boards.
0: oh gotcha see when i was talking to uh jamie he's uh, a masseuse and theirs is like yeah. you have a little bit of schooling and then you have a lot of sh- job shadowing you know yeah. is, is that also a big part of getting uh in your-
1: in your end in your end point when you're in chiropractic school, uh, you do have to go through clinical rotations and all that there. You have to do that for at least a year mm-hmm. uh, where you, you have to have so many uh, adjustments per trimester uh, in order to move on to the next one and have so many uh, what are called complex cases or um, uh there's a couple other things that you have to have in order to, to pass through. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, usually by, because most of your adjustments are in about the, because uh, the schooling process with the school I went to, I went to New York Chiropractic in uh, Seneca Falls, and they had uh, three satellite clinics at the time, which was one in Buffalo, which is the one I went to, the one right in the, the campus in Seneca Falls, and they had one in Long Island. Uh, so I had uh, gone to the, the Buffalo clinic and most of mine were in well, there. The total amount of trimesters is 10. Now, And so your eighth, ninth, and 10th is all in the outpatient clinic. And uh, so the eighth and ninth are used where you rack up most of them. And that's kind of like, ten, kinda like
0: shadowing people then. Right.
1: Um, sort of, but you're actually treating patients in the clinic too. Because mm. you're getting so much uh, adjusting experience on, like your classmates and find, being able to find what how the spines misaligned and actually adjusting it for, for practice long before you actually do it on a person in a clinic so
0: what was it like that first day when uh they kind of uh, do that
1: that was uh
0: yeah they pulled the leash off and they were like all right jeff diagnose what's yeah, going got, on
1: yeah um it was definitely different did i just lose you
0: no you're good
1: oh, oh there was uh, some like thing that popped up on my browser there um uh, so where was i Uh, oh yeah so the first time i actually had to adjust somebody that was uh yeah it was definitely i was very gun shy at first yeah
0: now that i've been i can only imagine you probably were like like, i don't know if i'm ready yet
1: yeah now that i've done it tens of hundreds of thousands of times probably getting close to a million times to do it on the course of a a week or yeah. the course of my career. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's second nature at this point to, to know how, and it's just more precise as far as how much pretension you need to, to move a segment there. Cause a lot of people uh, look at that. They've never been to a chiropractor before. Uh, especially with like a neck adjustment, they look at it kind of like how like Steven Seagal or like Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> it's it, mm-hmm. it, like, I hear the story many, many times uh, when I'm actually adjusting someone for the first time, and like it's really not like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, right. They they have this idea, and honestly, I'm guilty of that because I've never seen a chiropractor before. So mm-hmm. I have always been in that exact same uh, kind of train of thought where mm-hmm. uh, I just I've seen like a, <laughs> a very long time ago I saw a video of a chiropractor adjusting like a toddler, and I was <laughs> like. Uh, I'm not about, I don't, you, you don't have to touch me with, I'm all, I'm all set. So like I'm ignorant because I have never talked to anybody who is in that job and who can like speak intelligently about that position. Yeah. If somebody comes to you with, um, say I come to you and say, uh, Jeff, I'm having like this really bad uh, neck pain. How do you assess it and how do you treat that?
1: Um. So typically in a first uh, appointment there, uh, really kind of get what's, you know how long has this been going on, how, what's causing it to hurt, what's causing it to feel better, um, any trauma that's uh, in, been endured. Uh, and then, then I kind of do a very uh, focused exam. Uh, and then, then a lot of times, pretty much 99% of the time, I'm going to do an X-ray on someone. And unfortunately, for, for the size of where I am, where my office is located, Building wise, and you know, the fact that I don't own the building, it's I don't have x rays in my facility, so I refer Mm -hmm. out for those. But a lot of people's insurance covers for that, so it's generally okay. And then,
0: do you have goals to uh, like expand the building so you can provide that in house, or is it just going so well you kind of don't? There's no, I mean,
1: there is so much overhead to have at this point. uh, To do that, I would that would be a six figure over uptaking
0: yeah to, to, yeah that's what i was thinking too i i'm kind of you know, the, the,
1: the x-ray equipment itself but you have to uh have lead in all the walls so that you don't get uh bypassing radiation uh right. passing through walls and into other rooms and stuff like that so there's a lot of construction components that would have to go into that so
0: right right and that's i was just saying how like i feel like i'm so ignorant to what an x-ray machine is because you go it's like you go to the dentist and then, boop boop boom, yep. Here, here's your tooth, there you go, boom, you're done, Yeah. then I didn't, like, I. that's so much, it's so much more in-depth than, than I thought. Yeah, so
1: pretty much all the x-rays now are digital, which is, means it's more expensive, but, you know, you have it, the quality is just so much better, so that, right, yeah.
0: so. Right, uh, so uh, you diagnose somebody, you send them out for an x-ray, you get the x-ray back. Uh, yeah,
1: and a lot of times I'm, I find what I'm expecting to find, but there's a few, like within this past year, I actually found someone who had um, uh, a small aneurysm in their uh, aorta, in their abdomen. So uh, yeah, those are the ones where you're like, yeah, uh, I, I need you to get further testing before I uh, start treating you. So
0: yeah, right. 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 And is it always like, adjustments like where you're cracking somebody's neck or putting them in a position to kind of, to relieve some of that tension or sometimes
1: your main thing that I focus on is actually the adjustment itself. Um, a lot of chiropractors out there will use modalities like heat, uh, stim units, that kind of thing, uh, or ultrasound, which I don't really focus on that per se. Uh, one, uh, if you're going to a chiropractor, if you get adjusted, those will not be uh, reimbursed by insurance. So it doesn't make any yeah. sense to, to do that. Um, when and, and the adjustments are actually what gets people better in the first place. So mm. it just kind of, you know, it doesn't really make much sense to actually do the all the extra stuff for one thing that you're getting paid for right. from, from the insurance and billing aspects. Is there
0: ever a time where you're like, I don't think you need adjustments. I think you just need to have a healthier diet and maybe introduce more exercise into your body.
1: Well, there's there's also that that people do need in their in their life too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, chiropractic at its core uh, really focuses on wellness care. So I see I do see people that are actually not in pain that come in and get adjusted on a routine basis to keep them. Uh, Healthiness, so it's a lot of preventative measures that are uh, that are associated with chiropractic care.
0: That was going to be my next question: was if it was uh, is a lot of times do you see it being like a one and done? You do a couple things to my neck and back, or is it
1: not at my discretion? What is that? (laughs) So if it is one and done, it's not based off my decision; it's
0: the patient. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: um, And a lot of what I focus on as a practice is not just uh, adjusting segments and that kind of thing, which is what all chiropractors do to an extent. But what I focus on is actually doing uh, what's called uh, curve restructuring or curve uh, remodeling, whatever you want to call it. There's certain techniques that that are out there that uh, uh, one of them is called chiropractic biophysics, where they take x-rays to focus on how the spine changes as far as curves and stuff like that. But, I mean, I don't, I don't follow that to a T per se, but there is. So one of the things I am actually looking for is what their alignment of the curves are like, what's the, what's the spacing in the disc look like. And so that determines, uh, not just what they're going through, but also their, uh, you know, their age their you know, what their spine looks like on the inside that also determines what kind of care they're going to be getting.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And there's, uh, are these people coming to see you like week after week or is it more month after month? Maybe it varies. Uh,
1: so I see people as often as three times a week. And then I see people as little as, you know, every once every six weeks. So it, uh, it really varies on the patient and what their needs are and what their, and also their wants too, because um, I will definitely say that no matter what healthcare is always the patient's decision. Uh, I will definitely say that I'm not going to force a patient into making a decision they don't want to make, but I will provide my recommendations as far as what I think is going to be best for them. So there's, mm. so there is that to, also to kind of take in consideration.
0: Right. And how how many people uh, work with you at your? So I'm the
1: only chiropractor, and then I have one office assistant, uh, kind of doing all the clerical stuff to kind of help keep the practice flowing uh, from as far as the day-to-day operations is concerned.
0: Are you like booked on, uh, clients? Like you, are you like at max capacity or are you always, no, always accepting
1: new patients? It's just, uh, the, the problem is, is that I can only do so many at once, but I, I'm always looking to grow for mm.
0: sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Would you ever consider hiring another chiropractor under your,
1: yeah, uh, eventually probably closer towards, uh, retirement. So, um, not not at this point though. Yeah.
0: If it if the two of you works together great. If it's it's not broke don't fix it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean at this point it's not it's working for me so um and and besides that I'm I'm not so so busy that I would actually need another uh chiropractor to be in there with me.
0: Yeah, right. I got you. Got you. you kind of you can kind of handle it up by yourself and with your assistant there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Earlier you had said uh it was important for somebody to shadow a chiropractor to see what their business is like yeah, and how they so handle clients. I kind of want to know what
1: you're getting into before you actually start paying money to go to a school and actually learning about it and actually uh, the, instead of just like, oh, this looks yeah. kind of cool. And then
0: and then it turns out not to be, Yeah, I was, I was going to ask if um is some chiropractors like handled business different in a sense where, they'll adjust you and then they'll also uh, burn sage and get rid of the toxins out of your body. Or is it always like chiropractors there to do your adjustments? They'll at your spine. They'll at your neck. Uh, there are some chiropractors,
1: chiropractors that are a little, uh, um, they're a little varied, out there. I mean, they're uh, I mean, in a, in a sense, every chiropractor is holistic because we're focusing on the entire body as a whole. Um, but
0: yeah. And you're also not giving medications, right?
1: We, um, so our scope of practice does not allow us to prescribe medications. Yeah. Uh, one of the main reasons is, uh, I mean, we don't have as much pharmacology education in that, which, uh, I mean, I mean, we probably could prescribe it if we really wanted to from an education standpoint, we don't have as much as a medical doctor, but, um, but the main reason is we're focusing on having the body heal itself through the nervous system. So mm. when the spine gets out of alignment, it's altering the information that's going from the peripheral nervous system, the central nervous system. Uh, so a lot of times uh, what people don't realize is that it's actually affecting your organs and stuff like that too. So it's not just pain. Pain is, you know, very small fraction of your entire nervous system. So
0: interesting. So you're, so a spine or maybe i misinterpreted right but like maybe like a spine and neck injury could be affecting like your lungs or your kidneys or something
1: um so, yeah so it depends on um where in the spine the and the nervous system it's being uh compromised
0: that's so cool
1: towards the uh the top of the spine it's going to fetch stuff in the you know like the neck the thyroid uh upper chest uh like the maybe perhaps in the mediastinum a little bit, but and as you get into thoracic spine, it's definitely more like lungs, heart. Um, as you get lower in the thoracic spine, it starts to get into your upper GI, like stomach, intestines, and then lower GI. And then wow. lower GI is going to be more like, so it, you can kind of see, you know, just how the path of the, the body and how it works uh, from, you know, very vital things that are at the top. And then the, as it goes into like breathing, heart, and all that there so just think of like the very f- top of the nervous system is focusing on stuff that's towards the top of the body and then the the nerves towards the bottom of the spine are gonna be focusing stuff on more of the bottom
0: gotcha that makes sense dude it's like it seems like chiropractor is like uh almost like this nice mix of holistic healing and scientific yes, ways so- of healing
1: as much as people want to discredit us, uh, as far as, uh, our education, uh, our education is actually a doctorate program. And, and so, um, and so we are allowed to diagnose things. And, and a lot of, uh, what we have in our, uh, program, I, I remember taking a, a course on just general diagnosis, uh, which there's a lot of anonymous signs that like, Oh, that sounds, cause people tell you about stuff that is not related to their care, but it sounds like, but it's involving their health and also, um, especially like autoimmune disorders, uh, because they do affect the spine and the, uh, the nervous system. So a
0: lot of people, uh, autoimmune disorders,
1: uh, lupus is a very common one. Uh, affects
0: the spine. Huh? Wow. Yeah. Cause a lot
1: of people have joint pain associated with it.
0: Oh yeah. That makes sense.
1: Um, also, uh, rheumatoid arthritis is considered to be autoimmune because uh, it's basically the immune system attacking the joints, and that's what uh, causes all the joint inflammation and all that there. Oh, shit. Uh, um, there's a couple other ones. Uh, I see, uh, you know, like ankylosing spondylitis, which is basically, uh, it's it's kind of like an autoimmune disorder that actually tries to... Prematurely, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Prematurely, try to fuse all your joints together. So, Whoa. so people are generally very stiff when with that type of condition. So, um, what
0: what's like the most common condition you see?
1: I'm sorry, what was that?
0: What's like the most uh, common condition you see when people um, come into Zia?
1: Back pain is obviously the most common thing that I see. Mm. Um, um, I see, you know, neck pain. Uh, sciatic, uh, uh, headaches is actually a very common one that I see because a lot of headaches do generate from the spine. Uh, yes, especially, oh, shit. Yeah, especially oh. the neck. So, um, and even sometimes, uh, most people say, well, oh, it's my migraines and, but they actually are, have a, a central core at the, the cervical spine. So,
0: Whoa, I didn't, I didn't even think of, uh, if you yeah. have a lot of headaches, maybe your spine is all whacked up. Yep, and
1: uh, a lot of people uh, notice that with that, like sinus and allergy issues uh, that they, they have um, can be associated with that. And then kind of to connect you to, to an earlier uh, point that you talked about with chiropractor Justin a toddler uh, is there's a lot of issues that chiropractic care can solve with uh, children. Um, ear infections is one of the big ones that they uh, – um,
0: Whoa, shit, ear uh, infections?
1: Mark, uh, to kind of drive home because uh, the C4 nerve actually does control how open and closed the eustachian tube that connects your, uh, your inner ear to your uh, uh, your pharynx there. And if that constricts, then obviously that fluid is going to build build up in, in, inside your ear and then you're going to have an ear infection. So, uh, so adjustments to the neck can actually help relax that eustachian tube and allow it to drain.
0: So interesting, interesting. I didn't know that, yeah. The uh, and that's like the most common things kids get sick with like an ear infection. ear infection. I had like 20 ear infections when I was a kid, yeah. I,
1: yeah, uh, so I had the uh, very traditional route when I was a kid. Uh, I had the tubes put in my ears and all that there to allow uh, yeah. drainage and all that there. So
0: damn, you even had the tubes put in your ears. <laughs> damn, how old were you? They put the tubes in there, uh, I
1: was probably about six or seven.
0: Oh god, dude, I got. How? What was the procedure like? They just literally just insert it into your ear while you're oh, awake. They,
1: they, pretty much, they pretty much cut the uh, the Ooh. tympanic membrane. Uh, so you're you're completely uh, sedated. You're okay. Knocked out. Yeah, you would not be awake for this procedure. Ooh. And uh, so they basically they they cut the uh, the tympanic membrane, and they kind of sh- then if there's stuff in there, they obviously suck the fluid out. And then they basically insert this uh, small circular tube that kind of yeah. like embeds into the membrane, that tympanic membrane. And then they kind of sew it back up. And so the, so there's basically a hole inside the tympanic membrane instead of just a membrane now.
0: So it can drain properly. It drain, yeah. Damn. I say this so much, but thank God for people smarter than me. Holy shit. <laughs> That's crazy. Like if if it was like the population was cut in half and it was stone age and someone came to me with an ear problem, I'd be like, I don't know, jam yeah. some fucking poison Ivy in it. I think that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't want me, you wouldn't want me to diagnose your, your, uh, your injuries, you know, <laughs> thank God for people like you who went to school and understand yeah, how the so body works. Another,
1: but another uh, issue that is very common with children is colic. And that seems to, Kind of help the digestive uh, system relax a little bit there, um, so there's that too and then, uh, uh, there's a couple other ones uh bedwetting is another one that they uh commonly talk about.
0: Whoa, you can adjust a kid and fix bedwetting
1: um so it can kind of help bladder control and stuff like that. Oh yeah. wow mm-hmm. so usually the lower backs involved with that or the sacrum interesting. Yeah.
0: Damn, you're like dropping these knowledge bombs on me. I yeah. didn't even know like that was possible. That's pretty yeah, cool.
1: I'm I'm reaching in the depths of my brain for for that one. This is <laughs> stuff I haven't had to talk about with people in quite <laughs> <some> time.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Is like a majority of your practice you
1: on uh uh on citations and physiology for this, but that's pretty much the gist of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, anybody listening right now for sure don't take Jeff's advice if you're having the like go see a doctor. You know, like no. <laughs> go see go see your chiropractor. Don't Jeff. Jeff's here as a as an expert, but these are not medical diagnoses for you. Okay, with the age yeah, of people no, like I Google searching stuff on this
1: podcast here, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's like the age of people googling. Like right now, my wife and I, when something happens, and we get sick. We're like, oh, gotta Google it. Oh, found out. I we only have six oh. weeks to live.
1: Yeah, that's, that's that's what happens. And every time <laughs> then you then you resurrect and then you're fine again.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so you were talking about, um, kids, you have two of them, right?
1: I have two. Yes. How yeah. old are they? So I have a three-year-old who will be four in June. Yeah. And then I have uh one that just turned one. So,
0: right. And that was kind of an interesting thing because I, I wanted to talk to you because we both had kids during like this time last year. Um, that was, that you was just, a- had just turned one.
1: Yeah, just turned one. So, uh, yeah, same with Ashton. Yeah. So, that was, uh, that was in the, uh, the New York on pause phase of the pandemic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was when, like, we, it was weird because, like, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Brittany and I had two weeks together before Ashton was born where everything was shut down. Uh, and then he came along and we were still shut down and we were in the hospital by ourselves, just her and I, for like a week because, uh, Ashton had uh, like higher levels of jaundice, so he had to sit in like a tanning bed thing. So we were in the hospital for a little bit longer. What what was that experience like for for you and your wife? I bet you it's very similar stories.
1: Yeah, so um, I mean, we weren't in the hospital for week. We were there for thirty six hours, so that was mm. that was that was just as long as I want. Yeah. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, right. But. Having another child already, kind of knew what to expect uh, from mm. that perspective. Yeah. Uh, but certain stuff that they had to do, as far as, uh, but like the process of leading up to the birth was more of the stressful part because of like, what if I can't be in there to help yeah. with the labor? And, the right. Yeah. That, that was the part that was the most stressful part. Once yeah. I knew that I was going to be able to be in there, I could deal with having the mask thing. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the same thing. Brittany and I were so
1: stressed. The, the dad talking there. I'm sure my wife, uh, Julia, would uh, have a much different perspective from that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. She's wearing a mask and also trying to give birth. Yeah. At
1: the same time. Has to get a COVID test, all that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. It was uh, because that was, uh, I remember uh, just a week before Ashton was born, there was an article that came out that uh, it was either Rochester or Buffalo hospitals weren't allowing the dads in to the rooms. And Brittany was like full on panic mode because she was like, if you can't be there, this is going to be a miserable experience for yeah, me. Yeah. Especially and, for
1: your first child. That would be very miserable. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. Uh, right. I even said to Julie, they, they can take me away and cuss, but I'm going to be there. I don't care. Like, I'm-
0: <laughs> Yeah. Right. I was, I was right there with you. I was like, there's no way, there's no way they're not going to no, let me no, be there. Be there. Yep. Yeah, right, exactly. And we were going yeah. to, uh, we delivered at St. Joe's. Where did you deliver?
1: Uh, we delivered at Community. Uh, oh, okay. My wife, Julia actually works in the hospital there, so.
0: Oh, dude, your whole family's in healthcare then, huh?
1: Yep. Yeah, so yeah. I actually come, both of us come from a pretty, uh, pretty solid healthcare background. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Both of my parents are in healthcare. Both of my brothers are in healthcare. Both of my in-laws are in healthcare. So like, we have a pretty uh, broad base as far as uh, healthcare experience for sure. That's
0: good. That's good, and that you guys could even probably use that to kind of like weasel your way in if they if they said no no husbands allowed.
1: Yeah, and also uh, the fact that. uh she was having; she had a lot of back pain with her labor, so it was mm. very helpful for me to be there.
0: Oh, nice! So you were able to yeah. help adjust her a little bit too, yeah. huh?
1: So, and so, while I can't really, uh, while she's in labor, can't really uh, manually adjust her, I have a tool that I can use to kind of help, you know. And it's a tool that I often use on children or uh, very elderly adults there because they're they're very arthritic and they adjusting them manually is not not exactly a pleasant experience so.
0: <laughs> kind of sensitive right
1: Yeah. so uh and a lot of times with that you know less is more so
0: yeah right uh, no i always i love telling a story because um the uh the two weeks leading up everything was in shutdown Chi wasn't open and jocelyn had done a uh yoga class that morning so it was like sunday morning we did yoga Brittany and i and then later that night was when she started having uh, contractions, but she didn't know if it was the, um, the, yeah, she didn't know if it was that or if it was really labor. Fast forward to the next morning, it was definitely contractions, and we went to the hospital. And um, you guys probably had the same thing. We pulled up into the parking lot, and the ladies there with like her her clipboard. And she's like, "Okay, and what brings you to the hospital today?" And I'm like, "My wife is having a a, a child." In Brittany's like. In the passenger seat, like doing her breathing, <laughs> she's like, Get me in this fucking hospital. Yeah, <laughs> the, the lady was like, Okay, yep, okay, uh, temperature is good, okay, all right, see you later. And it was like the weirdest experience because nobody could be there, we had no visitors, we felt so isolated. We were also there for like almost a week because of his jaundice levels, we, we had to stay longer than that's, everybody else. Man. Yeah, that's uh,
1: that's no fun.
0: Well, I mean, what are you gonna do? He he sat in the tanning bed, and we ate shitty hospital food for a couple of days more. You know, yeah. So, but uh, that experience must have been very wild for you guys to mm-hmm. go through, right?
1: Yeah, and uh, and being that um, my parents still my parents still work, and so they were in health. Being that they're in healthcare, uh, especially my mom.
0: The whole family she
1: does, um, she doesn't anymore, but at the time she's doing uh, pick lines, which is basically for like really sick people. So it's oh. an IV that, that they insert to put directly, uh, into your heart. So Whoa. it's very, uh, so they use that for, uh, people who have, uh, uh, in, in cases of extreme trauma or, uh, cancer patients often have it or, uh, you know, people who have very bad, uh, like congestive heart failure, that kind of stuff. There, They're, So you're usually pretty sick if you have to have a pick line. So she's um, the
0: one that like puts that there. Does it go all the way in the vein?
1: Yeah. So they put it usually. It, uh, often they will put it through the wrist, put Damn. it all the way up the arm, and then what? it ends up going into the heart.
0: Again, I'm glad there's people smarter than me, Jeff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus
1: yeah, Christ. So, so being that, or like uh, another one's like AIDS patients, they, they'll often have those. So, mm. um,
0: um,
1: so needless to say, she's around sick people. So Yeah, right. Concern, right. Uh, but, you know, that was the only thing that we we had in order to, and she lives in Rochester, so she had to drive from Rochester in the yeah. middle of the night to to come because we had to have her take care of our other child.
0: Right. Dude, talk about completely different like uh child birthing experiences right yeah.
1: oh yeah and so
0: compared the- to the two right like your first child for me was a very powerful moment and your second child how were those two different i obviously minus uh covid um
1: I hate to say this, but it definitely, the luster was definitely lost a little bit just because everything that you experienced for the very first time is no longer the first time. So,
0: yeah, right. uh,
1: So you've been through it before, but it's still your child. So it's amazing. So,
0: yeah,
1: I would only say a very little bit, but it is, uh, but it's still your child though. So it's, it's, it's very, Awesome experience to to bring another human being into the world. So yeah,
0: being being completely transparent when I first uh that I'll never forget the night when we had Ashton and uh Brittany was sleeping in the bed next to me. I was just holding him, like staring at him, and he's like cooing and stuff. And uh I was thinking to myself, like, holy holy shit. Brittany Brittany did this, like she yeah. She made this thing and then then i had a like uh an onset of panic where i was like oh my god can i do this yeah oh my god can i can yeah, i do this and I, like, I would imagine your second child that like would sure right right i'm like now i need to keep this thing alive there's no book there's no like manual they're just like oh you gotta feed them every couple hours you know what i mean i was just like
1: yeah, you you figure it out though
0: <laughs> right. Right. And, but it was like this, this moment that I'll never forget because it was this, uh, overwhelming sense of pressure mm. and it was only me because Brittany was sleeping and, and I didn't have anybody to like confide yeah. in. And, uh, I would imagine that would go away a little bit with your second child because you're like, Hey, I did it so far for my first kid. She's yeah. four years old. So you we're know, doing good so far. We got there. A
1: little calmer with the the second one for sure.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, exactly.
1: But, uh, the, uh, the deliveries were definitely different for the two of them, though, because uh, the first one, we had Braxton Hicks like three days prior. And then then when the labor actually hit, we we're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely labor. Uh, we get to the hospital, and she's very dilated, and she just stalled there. So she's hanging out at eight centimeters dilated for like 10 hours. I was like, oh, yeah. man, you pretty are in agony. And so, and so this, she, for some reason, she was just like not non committal about coming out, but yeah, yet the, it was time.
0: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I know that's why it that was Tim Bernie.
1: Yeah, then the second one was very, uh, there was Braxton Hicks the first night, and then that lasted about 12 hours. And then, like, later the next afternoon, she was like, I'm like, oh, I've seen this look before.
0: <laughs> yeah. You had like, uh, it was like Vietnam flashbacks.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, she, uh, when we we're getting to the middle of the night, uh, towards the middle of the night, uh, I remember calling my mom the first time. Like, uh, I think we're I'm pretty sure she's in labor now. And and then it's like, well, I'm going to hold off for, for right now because I don't want you to actually what if this is a false alarm and yeah, i right. like you need to get here uh she just <laughs> threw up so like she's like oh yeah she's uh
0: <laughs> oh yeah in labor oh she threw up everywhere yeah oh yeah.
1: yeah that's one of the very common uh side effects of uh labor is nausea and vomiting so mm. that means that pain's pretty intense so
0: yeah right right luckily so got
1: there, we got a half an hour to get our stuff together and then we're at the hospital, and then three hours later, she came out. So
0: Three hours? Dude, nice. That seems yeah, like, so, yeah, like... Yeah, the second the time, time,
1: definitely a little... And she was also a week and a half early from her due date, so that was a little bit different, too, so...
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Brittany was... Uh, she was three weeks early, and I think also part of the reason that we were um, we were there for so long was because she was, like, in labor for 36 hours. It oh, was like she, Ashton, was just clung to the sides of the walls and did not want to leave. He was like nice and cozy, you know. And uh, luckily, Brittany did not throw up because if I saw her throw up, then I would throw up, and then the doctor would throw up, and then there'd just be vomit all over, all over the delivery yeah, room. It's yeah, not
1: I'm a, I'm a cat episode of Family Guy, you know? <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly, dude. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm, I'm not the best when it comes to throw up. Yeah, not, not the best when I see that stuff, but no, I it's, it was a weird experience for me because it was like it was uh, all the other times people like people in my family had babies. It was like, oh, let's go visit in the hospital. We can go see them and give them a hug and maybe help them out. Maybe bring them dinner or something. And it was just like lone Brittany and I.
1: Yeah, you know, we were just like, yeah, that's very very not usual, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Fun like uh, everyone came to the hospital and visited us and. Like everyone dropped off food for us, but, uh, I mean, the COVID version of that is like, Hey, gift card to a restaurant, use it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We came home to like so many cards that was like, yeah. Uh, that... Gift card to here, gift card here. Somebody yeah. dropped was like nice enough to drop off, um, uh, some kind of plate of dinner for us and yeah. stuff like that. It was just, uh, it's definitely makes a, a unique story that I will for sure never forget. <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay. it's 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 pretty unforgettable. As as, as uh, sleep deprived as you are, right?
0: <laughs> right, right. We were like, we were both very sleep deprived. I felt like I was just a zombie walking through the hospital for yeah. that week. You know.
1: Yeah, and, and it's weird to get like a, a few, like a few hours of sleep in the
0: hospital. Like, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You would wake up and you're like, "Where am I?". And she's like, "You only slept for an hour and a half," and you're like, "I felt like I slept for eight hours. I felt yeah. like I was gone forever." <laughs> <laughs> Man, that shit's funny. No, it's just totally, totally unexpected, and uh, I'm glad both of both of our babies were were yeah. totally healthy. Had uh, had he not come early, we probably would have had the same birthdays for the kiddos.
1: Yeah, probably. What's uh, what was Ashton's birthday?
0: Uh, four seven.
1: Oh, the seventh. Okay. So they're two weeks apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You said, yeah, two weeks. That would have been funny, huh? Yeah. Small world. Yeah, we definitely, we weren't expecting that. We thought um, when it all shut down, we were like, cool, two weeks. We'll enjoy the time together. And then by the time the kid comes, we'll be all set. We'll be out of this lockdown thing and life will be good. And then fast forward to us like an Easter showing our family him through the window. (laughs) Yeah. Like the front window. We're like, hey, this is our (laughs) newborn. Say hi. All right, see you later. It was, like, the weirdest weirdest thing ever.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's pretty wild.
0: I mean, what, what are you going to do? You're just going to go with the flow, you know?
1: That's yeah. That kind of the, uh, the hand we were dull, so we had to use it, right?
0: Yeah, right. Was there anything uh, that you guys, uh, like, really had planned from the jump and just kind of were caught off guard, unprepared with stuff?
1: Um. Besides trans- transitioning from one to two children, no, not really. But
0: that's Was enough, that tough?
1: That's enough of a, a, a wrench being thrown into things there because it's not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one plus five equals two somehow.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, and it, I feel like as long as you're not outnumbered, right? As long as you're not outnumbered. Yeah. You know? Do, do you guys think you'll have a third or you guys think you're good?
1: Oh, hell no. We're done it two.
0: <laughs> you're, you're, done. you're like, no, more. no Everyone,
1: more. Uh, And it's funny is that some of my patients are like, you should go for a boy. I'm like, how about no? <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. Right. Isn't it funny, dude, my grandmother, Ashton's one year birthday. She goes, well, now it's time to have another one. I'm like, grandma, this, this kid needs all of our attention. What are we going to do when we have a, I can't give all of my attention to two living things
1: yeah
0: right <laughs> like if i take my eyes off of ashton for a minute his finger is in the outlet yeah like he's like licking his finger ready to put it in the outlet i can't do at, that with two at kids that
1: age, they are you need to watch them at all times They're, right yeah,
0: it's like right even though yeah, we, have- yeah, we have like a we have like this uh in the kitchen we have a spot where we put uh like all his pouched food he's yeah. never seen it one day i just i let him walk around in the kitchen he comes out in the living room. He just has one of the pouches and he's just like giggling and laughing. Like he's like trying to suck on the pouch to eat it. No dude, give me that. What are you doing? Like he just gets into stuff. He's like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> the most, like the, like the cutest little dog ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Dude, this has been a lot of fun and I'm glad we got to do a podcast together.
1: Absolutely, man. It was a lot of fun.
0: Guys. I learn about being a chiropractor Got to learn what it was like for you guys having kids. Seems like it was very similar stories. And got to l- l- learn a little bit about your jujitsu.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's...
0: Anytime you want to come back, dude, you're welcome. A
1: short time there. What's that? So we covered a lot of ground in a short time there.
0: I know. because you believe we're just like shy of an hour? And uh, yeah. we covered a lot of topics. Yeah. It's like I usually come into these things kind of uh, with like set questions, you know, like I kind of – but it gets to a point where we just go off on tangents and stuff you can't keep you can't keep up with stuff you know yeah. what are you gonna do sorry, jeff you're a good dude thanks for doing yeah, this i appreciate sorry, you buddy. thanks
1: for having me Corey. you're a good dude as well man
0: dude thank you If you like this episode, make sure you review it, subscribe, follow. If you share anything from the podcast, just use the hashtag CoreyCast. And I want to say thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me. The joy I get from putting these out is indescribable to me. The fact that I have my friends texting me, telling me how much they love that episode or they love this guest, it really means the world to me. And because of you guys, I get to do something that I love very much. So appreciate you guys very much. Love you.